Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Bobby Maximus, myself, and my good friend, Joe Sabula. We are here today to talk about something that's important to us. It's the attitude that winners have versus the attitude that losers have. And Joe, we got a ton of feedback from our haters podcast. Yes. Yeah, tons. And one of the things, I mean, it was really successful. It was interesting how many people jumped on board uh, with the idea and how many people that really have been victims of hating, if you will. Uh, And we got a ton of feedback and comments. But one of the main things that came out of it, I think, was one of this idea about winning behaviors versus losing behaviors. And it got us thinking. I mean, we've talked about this. So you guys know podcasts don't just happen. I right. mean, we don't just sit down and start talking about stuff. There is some kind of plan that goes into this. And we were brainstorming new topics. And one thing we kept coming back to is this idea of winning and losing. But one of the things that we kind of got hung up on is what's the difference between a winner and a loser? Mm-hmm. And we kind of decided we're not talking about, I, I don't even know if this is the right terminology, but societal designations. Like, for example, you're not a loser because you wear a certain shirt or you like Dungeons and Dragons or you like a certain TV show. Right, right. You know, and, and you're not necessarily a winner because you drive a BMW and you're attractive. Right. Like, it's not, we're not in high school anymore and we're not a pretentious group of mean girls or jocks <laughs> or pretty boys. Maybe a little, maybe a little. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not, we're not, you're not sitting at the loser table because you're just not popular or you're ugly or you have acne. Like we're not, we're not talking about that. So when we talk about winning and losing in life, I look at winning as being successful, but not when it comes necessarily to money or status. I think there's a component of being successful. And to me, it's the ultimate, you know, measure of success is being emotionally and psychologically fulfilled and balanced and really being able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and just being happy or at peace. Yeah. And that that can have a a wide range, uh, which is why that non-societal designation is kind of important to bring up because there there are folks that are filthy, stinking rich. But really, they're they're just kind of sad losers. And on the flip side, there are people who really don't have much, but really don't need much, and are are really well rounded and happy and healthy individuals because they're 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 fulfilling like their purpose in life. Like they are who they who they set out to be, not just victims of circumstance. Well, and that goes to it too. Like we we all know the people that seem to have figured out how to be happy, mm-hmm. right? Even if they have nothing. You know, I, I've I've met people who've been through, never mind even being happy. Like I've met people who've been through the worst tragedies you can imagine. Abuse. They've had a a, a sibling die, or they've had. You know, I, I I don't know how you'd react if you, you know, well, I know how you'd react because you love them. But if you lost Max or JoJo, Oof. and 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 for those of you listening, those are Joe's kids. Yeah. You think you'd lose your life? You'd be devastated. But there are people that manage to make it through that and still find happiness and peace. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there are people who grew up with every advantage, who are given everything under the sun, who have seemingly a perfect life, but are miserable. And it's where that saying money doesn't buy you happiness. That's where that comes from. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's only, there's only so many shoes you can have or cars you can have or houses you can have. And it's still at the end of the day. I mean, when we go to bed at night and turn the lights off, we're all the same person. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can live in a palace and be miserable or you could live in a cardboard box and be happy with your life or you could live in a cardboard box and be miserable, too. It's like well, it, it yeah. doesn't necessarily there, there, there may be a correlation, but not a causation. Right. No, for sure. And that's why we want to talk about the underlying aspects, I guess, of winning or losing, because yeah. what it what it amounts to what the conclusion we came to. And, and I'm speaking for you here, of course, but the. The the idea that at the end of the day, winning means you are happy with yourself and you've made good decisions. Yes, yes. So when we talk about, we're going to get into the areas that separate winning and losing, but we want to talk about things to do. We're going to talk about five things actually, but to focus on that are going to make sure you protect your psyche. It's going to make sure that you can go to bed at the end of the day and whether you fail or whether you're successful in your goals or making money or whatever it is, you can go to bed at the end of the day and feel at peace. Right. Yes. You know, and not not have to reach for your bucket full of medication to medicate yourself to sleep, which which sadly is a growing problem in this country. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I realize we have international listeners, but all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
where where people they're they don't have the tools to make themselves happy so they're turning to external and often i think very negative means well and how often i i hear people say as soon as their head hits the pillow they start thinking of every bad decision they've ever made in their life or every stupid thing they've ever said or they're stressing about work and they're doing everything but falling asleep and the goal really should be that when your head hits a pillow you're out within two minutes yeah and just riddled with anxiety yeah yeah. So these these are aimed at preventing you from feeling like that or changing you if you're in that boat. Well, that's exactly it cuz you can get out of that. Yeah. I mean, you you there's an old saying and and it's it's uh how does it go? Um you can't control what life throws at you, but you can control how you react to it. Right. right. You can control how you feel about it. You can control how you internalize it. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, you know, when we talk about winners and losers, people are presented with a scenario and some people will let that ruin them or some people will will take it in stride and maybe that's the thing that made them successful. Right. You know, I had a situation, if I want to make it personal, my dad died when I was 20. Mm-hmm. And I could have let that ruin my life. I could have quit going to university. I didn't. I could have quit the wrestling team. I didn't. I could have used that as a crutch for every poor decision I made the rest of my life. I didn't. I know other people that were in the same situation that turned to drugs, turned mm-hmm. to alcohol, gave up on their dreams. I mean, you you can't let one big bad thing happen to you and use that as a crutch and, and just go through your life blaming that one thing. Right, right. And, and you're exactly right on that because I have seen people use that kind of thing as an excuse for bad behavior. Yep. Like, well, and you know, it, I don't have my dad around anymore, so I just do whatever I want and nobody can tell me any different because they all pity me. Well, that's that's exactly it. And I get it. OK, your wife cheated on you or your husband cheated on you. It doesn't mean you're going to throw the rest of your life away. I get it. Your 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 dad died or your kids died or your wife died or your husband died. It doesn't mean that the rest of your years on this planet can just be a complete waste. Right. Yeah. I get that you got laid off. What are you going to do? Never work again? Mm-hmm. Have your have your family lose their house? I mean, there are people that just play the constant victim card and they don't need to. Right, right. So when we talk about these areas uh, that separate people from winning and losing for the format of this podcast, so, you know, Joe and I decided that we are going to start with the winning behavior and then start with the losing behavior that matches it. Right. So kind of, kind of a, a goofus and gallant in the other order. So we'll talk about the good and then talk about the negative side of it and how it's reflected. What the hell is a goofus and gallant? You know, goofus Help and gallant? <laughs> yeah. There's a, what is it, the old highlights for children? They're uh, like preschool books, and they would always okay. have goofus and gallant. Goofus would do something stupid, and then gallant would do it the right way. Okay, so we're doing a gallant and a goofus then, there, not a goofus and gallant. There you go. So I got this go. clear. We're reversing it. Yes. So we're giving you the good behavior first to model good psychological, Yes. Uh, I guess, learning. And then we're going to tell you what the negative is. Yes. We're not going to stick the negative in your head first. Exactly. All right. I wonder if that just didn't uh, – the goofus and gallant thing. I wonder if we just didn't have that in Canada. And yes, I'm Canadian. <laughs> I'm weird. I talk with an accent. I, I don't say Super Mario Brothers. I call it Super Mario Brothers. Um, I say a boot and out and I like curling. We just didn't have these books. We're a weird culture. Sorry, uh, I had to get that off. You were deprived. You were definitely deprived. Highly I had to brutal. get that off my chest. But – The first behavior, let's talk about this winning and losing. When I think of winners, Joe, I think of being willing to do the work that others just aren't. 100% doing the work that's necessary to to get done. And it's, it's the job that needs to get done and it gets done. Yeah, and always making the right decision in that regard. And I want to put always in quotation marks there because I I think it's almost impossible to 100% of the time do the right thing. Right. Yeah. So when when I say always making the right decision, kind of like your transformation you went through Mm -hmm. in three months, I'm not going to say you were perfect every single day. No, but you were perfect. Twenty seven out of twenty eight days. Yeah. The the, the way that I say it is I I wasn't perfect, but I was perfect enough. Exactly. And I don't know if that's the 90 percent rule, 98 percent rule, 99 percent rule. But it just seems overwhelmingly when you look at people that are successful in life, they constantly make those good decisions. So when you look at training. You didn't skip training days. No, not very many of them. I mean, I feel like you would have to be bedridden before you missed a training day. And to be honest, I I think there was only like three or four days out of that entire three month period where I even altered the workout, where I had to substitute one thing for another. You were really, really dedicated. You didn't, 
make bad food decisions every night, like more often than not. And I mean a lot more often than not. Yeah. You get some willpower. Yep. You didn't succumb to the fries or the pancakes. Yeah. And it's not like they went away. I mean, I tried to minimize my exposure to those things. Yep. But like we had pancakes and French fries in the house. You know, my my family was eating that stuff. But when it came time to eat at night, you made a good decision. Yep. We can put that into the corporate world or the work world. The person that shows up early and stays late Mm -hmm. and they constantly do it. And it's really funny to me because you'll see people in an office where one person will get a promotion and everyone else will be jealous or upset. Right. And they can't see that that person just showed up early every day and stayed late every night. Like it was just the right thing to do. They just put in more effort than other people is really what we're getting at. Yes. And usually these type of people do it across the board. Yeah. And it's, like it's they, just, it's more than the minimum, right? They're not just showing yep. up and doing the minimum required. You know, I, I saw this when, uh, when I was a prison guard, you know, there were a lot of, a, a lot of my union brothers that were there and would not go one iota past the minimum requirement for the job and the unions got busted. Yep. You know, they're not even there anymore. So, you know, doing that bare minimum is not the uh, a sign of success. It's not a sign of somebody who is who's there for the right reasons. You know, no, the people we, who are who are consistently going above and beyond and trying to do more, those are the ones that are going to end up being the winners. Well, and they get rewarded. You know, yeah. I didn't tell you about this. It was funny yesterday we went to Five Guys mm-hmm. and uh you know, my son spilt He's two. He spilled a bunch of water on the ground. Oh, man. And uh, Landon went and got some napkins and started cleaning it up. And the baby started cleaning it up as well, the Mm two-year-old. And then at the same time, it kind of all just happened at the same time, a woman who was working there dropped a bunch of like little plastic uh, like dishes on the ground. Sure. And Landon and and my two-year-old, they started helping her clean it up. (laughs) So we sit down and then she comes over and she offered them free milkshakes. Wow. And both Lisa and I were like, for what? And she's like, well, you guys just cleaned up your mess and you helped us clean. And it was a really good teachable lesson for, yeah. for the kids is like, hey, like people notice when you do the right thing, you didn't have to help her. Yeah, exactly. You didn't. And a lot of people might have just left and said, well, they get paid to clean this up anyway. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. But they got rewarded. And that's the thing. Winners constantly do the right thing over and over and over again. And even you'll see people do it in all areas of their life. They do it in training. Mm-hmm. They do it at work. But they also do it at other people's homes. Yeah. Like yeah. when I stay with you, I make my bed before I leave in the morning. Mm-hmm. I put my dishes away. I put my stuff in the dishwasher. Like they do the right thing because it's courteous. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and my wife's really good at this. One thing she's always thinking about other people. She puts her weights away. Mm-hmm. She cleans up her chalk. She doesn't leave her stuff a mess. Like this is stuff that's important. Yeah. You know, but people, uh, the, the, the people that win do it and the losers now, they don't do it. They're yeah. always looking for shortcuts. Yeah. Always looking always. to do the minimum. Yeah. And you see people who are not successful in their physical transformations or their training program. They skip workouts. Mm-hmm. They don't show up. When they do show up for a workout, they don't do what's on the paper. They don't give it their hardest effort. They try to slide by. When they're late, home late at night, they can't help themselves but eat the pancakes, eat the chips, eat the candy, eat the or drink the soda. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the things that's really funny to me, and you brought it up, was that the stuff was in the house, but you chose not to eat it. Yeah. The the loser, if you will, it's almost like that can of Coca Cola will call to them yes. from the refrigerator. Yeah, like they can't help it. Almost yep. like if I have this in the house, I can't stop myself. Yep. Or my I question is, it, my my thing with that, it's like you, you don't want to waste it, right? It, it this is uh this is the last slice of pizza. You know, you just ate ninety eight percent of a pizza, and there's one slice left, and you definitely don't need it, but you won't nope. throw it away. So you'll just nope. scarf it down anyway. And it's and like you know. The funny thing is, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. And it's not like there's a shortage of pizza in the world. If you want pizza in a week, guess what? We're going to have some. You can go get some. So you don't have to be like super conservative with it. It's okay. But you you get that mindset. And then you're like, well, I already bought this. It's in the house. And so you start having that talk with yourself. And and you're not trying to talk yourself out of it. You're not reminding yourself of what your goals are. You're actually talking yourself into doing the wrong thing. Absolutely. But then the funny thing is you talk yourself into doing the wrong thing, but then you feel guilty about it. Yes. 
Yeah. And it creates this, and we're going to talk about this later more in detail, but this negative feedback loop yep. where you make a bad decision and then you feel awful about it. And yeah. so my kind of thing is, what do you think's worse, cheating on your diet or cheating on your diet and then just being riddled with guilt and anxiety for a week because of it? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the guilt and the anxiety basically undo any good that you're doing otherwise. Yep. And, and, and so like, the, what's the chemical effect of that? Like all the cortisol, yeah, yeah, the lack just, of sleep, the drop yeah. in testosterone, the drop in human growth hormone for being anxious versus just letting it go. You know, and we talked about in our, our last podcast about training over 40, like the importance of sleep. And yep. so again, here you are with your head on the pillow and now you've got a belly full of bad decisions and yep. you're guilty about it and you're not sleeping and now you're not recovering and everything else is going to be affected. And so it's just, again, it's that kind of that feedback loop of just negative things that are happening. Yeah. You, you need to find a way to break to break out of that. And that's really hard. You know, it's that it's that, you know, stay out of a hole versus digging out of a hole. Well, exactly. So the next area in winning versus losing, one of the main areas that I find uh keeps people, I guess, winning, if you will, or happy with themselves at night is accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the old leadership one oh one thing, right? When you're successful thank everybody else. Mm -hmm. When you fail, blame yourself. And yeah. you'll see good leaders in sport do this. You know, I feel like Michael Jordan, uh, one of the greatest basketball players ever, if not the greatest, mm -hmm. used to, when he used to, you know, when they lost a game, I feel like he blamed himself. I should have done more. Right. When they won, it was... Scotty played a great game, Scotty Pippen. Uh, yeah, Steve yeah. Kerr hit that shot and it really helped out our team. Horace Grant really played great defense. Like he wasn't short on giving other people praise. Yeah, yeah. And when he did lose, he took it on himself. I need to play better. And that to me is that winning mentality. And by the way, Jordan was known for being an ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, very true. He wasn't exactly the nicest person in the world and was on his teammates. But publicly he gave credit where credit was due and he took the blame on his shoulders because he was the leader right and and i and, wonder if that was like a conscious thing on his part like cuz he knew that or if that was just kind of the way that he thought because he is i mean he is the goat right he is one of the greatest of all time and so that mentality is is just kind of inherent in his being of yeah, of course we won we we gelled as a team you know it, it wasn't i won i don't need this team you know, he wasn't looking out for himself. He was looking out for the team. But when the team fell apart, I mean, there's a sense of guilt there. You well, know, for saying, sure. Like, I, I wish I could have pulled everybody together. I wish I could have done something different. So I just, I don't know if it was a conscious thing, but it was definitely a consistent thing. But to me, I think it is conscious because when you really accept the role of being a leader, that's something you take on. Like if you think of training somebody, right? Yeah. You're their leader. You're their mm -hmm. coach. Mm -hmm. If they're successful, I've heard you say, I didn't really do anything. It was all their hard work. Yeah, yeah. If someone's yeah. not successful, I've also heard you blame yourself. Mm -hmm. I could have done more. I should have done more sports psychology with them. I should have inspired them better. And that to me is why you're such an effective coach. Right, right. It's because you've got that attitude. And that attitude went a long way with your own transformation. Oh, yeah. But I, I, mean, if you, I mean, that was a, the, the big thing for me was to treat myself as one of my athletes. Yep. So kind of a weird psychological, a little schizophrenic, I guess, but that seemed to work for me. No, for sure. And I remember talking to you like every time you failed at something, you owned up to it because mm -hmm. I was checking on you daily. Yeah. Joe, how was your diet last night? I failed. Why, Joe? I, I honestly, I had a moment of weakness. I've got no excuse. I'm going to be better today. Mm hmm. Fuck, how refreshing was that for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Versus like, well, you know, Bobby, I have kids. My answer would have been, <laughs> Joe, I got kids too. Great. Uh, I didn't fall face down in like a bag full of chips last night. I made up my mind when I started that transformation that my kids were not going to be an excuse. Or your they, wife? Yeah, or your they, job? That was, that was all my reason why, right? Not my oh. reason why not. And I, I told myself that every day. And, and that's why you won, so to speak, or you were successful. Losers, on the other hand, it's really funny how quickly they are to make excuses and cast mm -hmm. blame on other people. Yes, yes. And I, I got to tell you, the excuses I've heard in my life, like it goes back to the old, and, and some of you may not know this, I used to teach for a period in my life, mm -hmm. but the dog ate my homework. <laughs> 
Then you're like, little Timmy, you guys don't have a dog. Oh, wait, wait, did I say the dog? I meant that it was my goldfish. Okay, your goldfish ate your fucking homework. <laughs> like, no, there's some excuse why you didn't do your homework. And this is what people do. So they'll go down the list of excuses that they yeah. can make. You know, and so so what are, what are the excuses? Well, you know, I had a fight with my wife, so I had to eat bad. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, my kid had a bad day at school. I had to eat bad. I was stuck in traffic. I had to eat bad. I went to the 7-Eleven for gas, and I just couldn't help it and went inside and ate all the chocolate bars. Right, yeah. Like, is this a real thing? We had a work lunch, so of course I had to eat six gorditas from Taco Bell. Well, and that's the thing. And what what really bums me out about it is it's much easier for me. And I actually had this talk uh, with my wife today in the car. We were talking about coaching people. I'm just done with people making excuses. Just tell me the truth. Yeah, yeah. Tell me you don't want it bad enough. That's really easy for me to deal with. Well, yeah. And then as a coach, you don't want to be investing like all this time and energy in, nope. in somebody's project if they're not really that vested in it. You know, well, that's if, the thing. And, and I, we talked about this a little bit earlier today, too. Like some people just want to go to the gym and just kind of get their ass kicked and just sort of have that, you know, mental release. Yep. And like, th- that's great. If that's what your goal is, fantastic. That's easy for me. I'll just continue to provide a place for you to do that. Yep. You know, if somebody comes in, they want to do like a total, you know, body and life transformation. Like I'm going to be vested in that and I'm really rooting for you and, 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 and trying to help you through that process. But if, if it's just constant failure after failure, I mean, either you've got some serious like baggage that you're dealing with that we're going to have to work through or the goal that you thought was your goal is probably not your goal and we need to reevaluate. Well, here's the other one. I want to tell you a story, Joe, and I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I used to, when I was a police officer in Toronto, one of my partners was not in good shape, was overweight, didn't value working out. And we became really, really good friends. Uh, we both had an English degree. He was a gifted writer, really intelligent. And I really, really, really valued the talks that we would have in the police cruiser when we weren't answering calls or running around mm-hmm. the city of Toronto. And he asked me one day, Rob, it seems like, uh, and yes, I call myself Rob sometimes. <laughs> uh, you guys call me Bobby. Don't get any funny ideas. He called me by my government name. I allowed him to because he was in my circle of friends. But uh, he said, Rob, you know, why do you like me? So what do you mean? He goes, well, you're so preoccupied with fitness, like it's in your entire life. I'm not in shape. And I I, 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 like, why are we friends? And I honestly, I go, Danny, it's because you don't complain. He's like, what do you mean? I go, you never complain about how fat you are, how you're out of shape. You're not eating fries. And then when you're done being like, man, I really got to go on a diet. Like you don't ask me fitness advice and then not follow through. Like you're adjusted well. And that's what it comes down to for me. I don't expect everyone to be fit. I don't expect everyone to want to work out. But if you've made that choice, don't fill my headspace with your excuses. Yeah. Or don't tell me you want it either because I could do better without hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Like who are you trying to convince, me or you? Exactly. And that's what it is. So just own your behavior. One thing I've always told people, if your actions are consistent with your words, we're cool. Mm -hmm. The issue I have is when your actions are not consistent with your words. Kind of like the person that says they love their wife, but they cheat on them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. I, I, I mean, core values, right? We talked about that a little bit in that podcast of if you say that like fidelity is really important to you and then you're cheating on your wife, it yep. apparently it's not. Yeah, you can't just pick the word and then... But that goes the other way too. I've heard people say that fidelity is really important to them and then be the other woman or the other man. Yeah, yes, like, exactly. Like how the fuck does that work? Yeah. Like I, I, I don't get, like you say fidelity is important to you, but you're willing to be the other woman while a guy cheats on his wife. Yeah, what's the difference at that point? I mean, honestly. Like, really? Yeah. And so these are like kind of things that people do. And it's funny the excuses that people will make. It's not my fault. It's the other person's fault. They're the one that's doing something bad. Yeah. I couldn't help it. I made a bad decision because I was in a bad place in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of feel that now, and, and it's become a societal thing, I feel like if something bad happens to me, that gives me a blank check to just act however I want. I can call you up and yell at you, Joe, shit on you, make fun of you, steal from you, and it's okay. Bobby had a rough day. (laughs) Nope. Doesn't work like that. No, no. Not at all. So that's behavior number two. 
behavior number three, and this is our big haters tie in. This is where this really came from for me. Winners are inspired by others and they try to learn from them. That's a big one versus the losing behavior, which is they're consumed with jealousy, envy, and they'll usually try to tear down somebody else's success or make an excuse for it. Right. So the winning behavior, right? You get beat by somebody in your Korean sword fighting. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? You want to go learn from them. Exactly. You get beat by somebody in Taekwondo, another martial art. What do you do? You want to train with them. Uh, You wanted to train with me. Bobby's really fit. I want to learn from him. Then I figure out you're really fit. And what do I do in turn? I want to learn from you. Yeah. So I start asking you all kinds of questions. That's how winners behave. They seek out people better than them and want to learn from them and and essentially um, mentor under them, I guess. You know, it's funny that you use that example of like me getting beat at, at sword fighting or, or in a taekwondo match because I used to do that uh, back when I was really competitive in taekwondo. If somebody beat me and like I felt like, gosh, I, I fought really hard, but that dude just beat me. I would walk over and be like, hey, do you got a minute? Yep. You know, and then it's like we were just in the ring fighting and, the, you know, the guys would be a little bit taken back. And I just say, what did you do? What did you what could you see that I was doing? Like, how did how did you stop me from scoring that point? And I'd have a conversation with him about it, yep, you know, and, exactly. and you, you end up in a place where like now, you know, you, you've kind of made friends, you know, so there's somebody that you've talked to, you know, you probably picked up a couple of pointers. Like I knew I wasn't covering on my back kicks. If you do, if you don't do Taekwondo, I won't go into it, but like I was leaving myself open and that was like one of my go-to kicks. So I threw it a lot and I was leaving myself open a lot. And this guy totally opened my mind to that. I would never have known, you know, and then a year later, I'm at another tournament and that guy's there. And we would go over there and kind of do some drills and be like, hey, this is what I've been working on. What do you think? It's, like, it's a great opportunity, you know, and I think people are afraid to do that. They're afraid to, again, going back to the other behaviors we talked about, admit that they were short, admit that they were, you know, that they failed and not make an excuse for it, but try to address it. No. And one of the things in that area that I want to do, I want to surround myself with people better than me. Yeah, exactly. I want to learn and and not just in my area. And I'll give you an example. I have a buddy named Ronnie Price. Ronnie played in the NBA for 12 years. Uh, He was a locker room guy. So teams would bring him in to fix teams culture. I want to be around that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you do, Ronnie? What, what allowed you to stay in the league for 12 years? What allowed you to be successful? What allowed you, he works in the front office now for Phoenix. What allowed you to go from basketball to that? On the same token, I trained with a guy for a number of years named Doug Brockmeyer, who's a pediatric neurosurgeon, one of the best on the planet. Mm -hmm. I want to know what made him tick. Yeah. What made you good? Maybe there's one thing you did in the realm of pediatric neurosurgery, something I know nothing about, that I could tie back to training and could make me better at what I do. Yeah. And so I have this collection, this eclectic group of friends, lawyers, doctors, sports people, uh, people that volunteer, priests, uh, rabbis, like all kinds of people that have been super successful in their areas. And I have them as friends because I want to learn from them. Because it's going to make me better. And that's what you'll see. You'll see winners hang out in packs. Yes, exactly. On the other hand, losers do the opposite. And this is where the haters come in, right? Mm -hmm. They want to tear other people down. It's that old thing. I want to have the biggest building in town, but I'm not going to go from two stories to 10 stories. I'm just going to make sure everyone only has a one-story building. Yeah, yeah. See, if I tear everybody else down enough, that will make me successful. Yeah, I can make my candle glow brighter by blowing everybody else's candles out. Exactly. Imagine how much better you'd be if you just focused on yourself, right? Yeah. Again, like by and trying to learn from other people. If someone is else is successful, hang out with them, learn from them, copy them. Well, and think about like what we talked about earlier, right? Being inspired by other people's success. So if you yes. if use that building example that you just used, if somebody does build a 10 story building in your town and then you try, maybe you build an eight story building. Like the town still looks a little cooler with two really tall buildings in it than it would if you just knocked everybody down to one story. Well, absolutely. But they're so consumed losers are with what other people are doing and feeling like they're being disrespected, that they're not getting theirs, that somebody else is getting some at their expense. And it goes back to the old thing. Joe, if we compare you and I, just because you're winning doesn't mean I'm losing. Yeah. And just because I'm winning doesn't mean you're losing. In fact, we're partners. There's a good way we can win together. And and we've talked about it. The bigger your brand gets, Mm -hmm. it only helps me. Yeah. I mean, I would love it if your brand was way bigger than mine. 
I would love it if Byron, who's on our podcast a couple episodes ago, maybe it was last episode, but I would love it if his brand was bigger than mine. I would love it if my wife's was bigger than mine. Yeah. My God, I could take advantage of you people. <laughs> I mean, you I know, laugh, you know but yeah, I mean? I mean, that's so true, though. And like, we would totally want that. You know, I, all the people that I, I try to surround myself with, I, I, again, I mean, they're people who are, are bigger than me, that I think are better than me, and they inspire me. And so that that's the goal. I mean, if any one of us kind of breaks through, it's only going to help everybody else along well, the way. That's the thing. On the other hand, the loser would have the attitude of, fuck Joe, you'll never be as big as me. I'm the captain of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. the hell does that help anybody? And the other thing is when you exhibit behavior like that, why would you want to listen to me? yeah. Like if that was my thing, if I'm willing to go out, here's a really funny thing. If I'm willing to badmouth you behind your back or in public, mm-hmm. put you down, why the hell would you want to work with me in the future? Right. And I'm not talking about you, Joe. I'm talking about other people. Other people, If I'm exactly. treating you like that, why would other people line up to work with me? But again, I want you to be super successful so I can live off that. Like it's the whole thing about like riding somebody else's coattails is bad. Hell no. And back to the Jordan Pippen thing. Why would those guys play separately? Yeah, exactly. Right? Jordan, one of the top, well, the greatest of all time. Pippen, one of the top 50 players of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons those guys worked is because they were willing to play together. Yeah. And were they competitive? Yes. Oh, yes. Did they fight? Yes. Yes. But they were willing to work together because they were better together than apart. Exactly. And you see the syndrome now in professional sports where everybody's got to be the man. Yep. It's kind of a thing, almost like a social media contest, right? Yeah. Um, Adam Silver, the NBA can, you know, commissioner, was actually just saying one of the biggest problems facing the sport today is the egos on social media. People seem to be more concerned about social media than playing the game. Yeah. But what yeah. others think and what others say. Well, and, and like the whole ESPN phenomenon too, right? Yep. Like you've got all these guys on there talking these guys up and there's all this engagement on Twitter and on Instagram. And so, yeah, you, you start to forget that you're part of a team. Oh, yeah. And if somebody else on the team is getting praise, that's at the expense of you. Yep. Like somehow you're worse off. Or if, if you even jump on that bandwagon, then you're just a follower too. Well, that's exactly it. So but you're, you're, you're kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I'm proud to be a follower if I'm learning from the right person and following the right person. Yeah. You know, it's like the whole thing on Twitter or Instagram where people don't follow anyone. I don't follow anyone. I'm the leader. Good luck with that attitude. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you're right. There's no one on this planet you can learn from. <laughs> that must okay. be an amazing position to I, be in. I, I would love to be in that position. I mean, I suppose... If you believe in God, I guess he's in that position. Yeah. Um, there's an old quote that actually uh, – it's a it's a Nietzsche quote that nobody gets in God's opera box. <laughs> and it, it basically means that like he's the only guy that really sees everything. Yeah, yeah. And knows everything. Like too bad for you. But that's where losers fall down. They just blame these other people. And then the behaviors that come around like along with it, right? Yeah. Negative comments on Instagram. Yeah. Putting people down or when it comes to physical fitness, yeah, well, that person's on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> well, that person has a secret program. Fake, fake plates. Don't. Fake plates. <laughs> yeah, fake plates. That person has a has has some special thing. That person has a – like you're almost tearing down another person's hard work by just arbitrarily casting blame on them. Yeah. There's yeah. some reason they're successful and you're not. It has nothing to do with your own work ethic. <laughs> Okay. You know, it's, it's back to my thing. And listen, I've been accused of being on steroids. Mm-hmm. I've been accused of having a secret program. Yep. I've been accused of having a secret food. I've been accused of having great genetics. I actually had, Joe, a girl from my elementary school say to me, you've been blessed with good genetics. Have you met my parents? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I said. I go, we grew up together. <laughs> I want you to picture my mom and my dad in your mind's eye. (laughs) What good genetics did I have? My dad died when I was 20 of a heart attack. He dropped dead at 49. You're right. I was blessed with a physical gift. Yeah. Another thing, I got cut from all the sports teams. Mm -hmm. I got – you were one of the people that made fun of me when I was in elementary school for being such a doofus. Yeah. Like I was the kid that would throw a basketball in the air and it would go straight up and land on my face. (laughs) But you're right. I have – because she couldn't comprehend how I was doing what I'm doing. I mean this was like when I was 38 or 39 but couldn't comprehend how I was successful. 
Well, it couldn't have anything to do with your work ethic or how hard you've been training or how how much nutrition, you you know, or effort you poured into nutrition. Like, no, no. You know what? Well, you gave up. I worked out twice a day, every day for 25 years. Do the math on that. Yeah. I made good decisions. It has nothing to do with genetics. I didn't get lucky. I didn't win the lottery. I wasn't in the right lineup in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are people who are. There are people who genetically have well, there's it. always going to be, you know, a freak, you know, somebody who's just like uh, yeah, sure. beyond the, the bell curve. That's but always going to happen. everybody who's more successful than you. Right. I mean, you could have easily been the person that's like, I'll never make a transformation. Mm-hmm. This is the hand I've been dealt. And Bobby, you're just, you're just, you're just lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Joe, I got two kids. You got two kids. I got a wife. You got a wife. We both work. What do you mean? I'm lucky. Yeah. What advantage do I have over you? Well, you know a lot about training. Joe, you have 19 bazillion <laughs> fucking certifications. You know more than me. Okay, so the knowledge thing is out. What's, what's the excuse? And eventually you come to a point, and you came to this point where you were like, I just need to work harder. Yeah. I need to bite down and just do this. And that's, and that's what it really comes down to for me. So to the next point, winners keep their emotions in check. And they don't make spur of the moment bad decisions that cause them grief down the road. Yeah. And the example I use of this, we touched on it a little bit, is when something bad happens to them and they fly off the handle. Yeah. Like they have a fight with their wife and that's an excuse to cheat. Or a fight with their husband and that's an excuse to cheat. Their boss, I don't know, comes down on them at work. So Mm -hmm. that's their excuse to steal. Like there's almost like a, there's an acting out type behavior that's involved here. I like that phrase, acting out, because it, it is kind of childish, you know? Like, it's a kid's an emotional got too reaction. much energy and, and doesn't understand their emotions, and that's the kind of thing that they do. Yeah, it's an emotional reaction, right? Like, you have a bad workout, therefore, you were driven to drink. Right. And what happens to people is they get caught in this negative spiral or feedback loop of just shitty behavior. So think about how this can can wind somebody down, if you will. Mm. You have a bad workout, so you start drinking. You start drinking, so then you get behind the wheel of a car. Mm-hmm. And you get done with the DUI. And then you're angry because you're getting done with the DUI. True story. I've been there on the other end of it. And you try to fight the cop. Yeah. Because it's his fault. Note to anyone out there, in case you didn't already know, the last cop you ever want to get in a fight with is Bobby Max. <laughs> Fuck, because I've had this happen. Some drunk businessman who's going to throw a punch at me because I pulled him over. That doesn't end well for anybody, Joe. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that ends up with you in the captain's office. <laughs> yeah, something like that with a union rep and a lawyer for excessive force. Yeah, Let's give Bobby a gun and some pepper spray and a metal stick. And go try to fight him. That's a great idea. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, because now I'm going off on a tangent, but what I'm, what I'm really meaning to say here is like they let just these behaviors spiral. Yes. Yeah. And it's one bad decision into another, into another. And the funny thing is, well, it's not funny. I don't even think at a point they realize they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like they can't stop themselves from continually making that bad well, decision. It, it, it can be it doesn't have to be like as dramatic as, you know, like cheating on your wife or stealing from your boss. I mean, it could just be that whole diet starts Monday mentality. Well, yes, exactly. You know? Well, you know, and then it was Karen's birthday at work. And so I had a, a cream puff. Uh, I guess I'll just wait till next week. You know, and then you got yep. a whole nother week of bad decisions because, hey, a diet starts Monday. So I better get it all in now. And along comes Monday. But guess what? Diet doesn't start Monday. Monday, you're tired. You're mm-hmm. wore down. You don't know what to do. It blows me away, the stuff that people get caught up in. But it's all it comes back to me, Joe, not keeping your emotions in check. Yes. Winners have an ability, I feel, to separate their emotions from their actual behavior. They realize what they're doing. They're, oh. they're, they're more aware of it. Like, yes, I had a bad workout. I need to make a better decision right now because that will help me tomorrow. Not just to let their anger get – they're almost like children. Like yeah. when you see JoJo fly off the handle and JoJo's what, three? Yeah. She can, she can have an excuse for letting her emotions get the better of her. All right. She can't really think it through. Yeah. Right? Adults – you're better than that. Oh, you ought to be for sure. You ought, well, yeah, you ought to be. You can't just be mad and then say whatever you want. And my favorite, though, is that people are more aware of it, I think, than they allow themselves to admit. Yeah. And the example with that is how long you've been married to Megan? Seven years. So because she's your wife of seven years, she's got to take it, right? Like if you're in a bad mood, you could say whatever you want to her. 
Yeah, no. Would you? Would you well, no, I, I get it. But this is what people do. Yeah. Would you speak that way to your boss at work? Hell no. No. So I get that you've had a bad day, but you keep yourself in check all day and mind your P's and Q's and watch your mouth at work. And then you get home and you unload on your wife and kids. Yeah, no good. And that's one of the behaviors I hate more than anything. Mm-hmm. When like it's almost like – and you do this to family too, right? Because family, those are the safe people to unload on. Right. But you'll also unload on yourself. That's the other thing. It's okay to treat yourself poorly. Oh, yeah. And I think if people if people would talk to other people the way that they talk to themselves, they wouldn't have any friends. Well, that's exactly it. Like you can beat yourself up constantly. Mm-hmm. And like I said, let their emotions get the better of them. Yeah. You know, this, this, this actually the- reminds me of a, <laughs> an episode of Dr. Phil. Uh he had this ballerina, you know, this professional ballerina was was there with her family and the family was basically having an intervention because she was a complete klutz at home. Like she's constantly breaking stuff. She'd cut herself, you know, washing dishes and like they're like, you're a disaster at home. And and we go and we watch you perform and you're on stage and you're the most beautiful, most graceful thing in the world. And then you come home and like we're kind of afraid. Yep. And, and it's just sort of like you can't just shut it off because you're at home. Yeah. Like you can't just just do that. Like you have to be graceful all the time now. Like you can't just flip a switch and then come home and like you said, just unload on your family. Well, yeah, because and that's a respect thing, right? Yeah. But it, it it goes down to a respect for yourself as well. Yeah. And I get it. Nobody's perfect all the time, but there are certain things that you can't do or you shouldn't do. I shouldn't say can't do because people do them, yeah. but that you shouldn't do. I get you're going to screw up. I get you're going to say the odd crossword to your wife or your husband, mm-hmm. but like you don't have to come home and beat them because you had a bad workout. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this is what, what, what it does is you, you feel bad, you engage in a bad behavior and then you feel worse. Yeah. And back to the head on the pillow miserable at night. Yep. And then again, not sleeping, waking up grumpy, just feeding that feedback loop constantly. Angry, yep. Worried about something you said to somebody 18 years ago that they don't even remember. Yeah. So the fifth thing that we want to talk about is having a plan. Winners have a plan. They think about things. They stick to them. And they're very thoughtful with their behavior. It's funny that when I talk to people that are successful, even if they don't realize it, they have a one-year plan, a three-year plan. Mm-hmm five-year plan. They have contingency plans. They have backup plans. There's a vision, right? There's like an overall vision or a goal or something that they're working towards. Yep. And and it's it, 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 if it's your job, even if they don't have a business plan written on paper, they've got it in their head. Yeah. They know what they need to do to be successful. On the other hand, losers don't have a plan. And listen, no one makes a plan. It's a quote I heard the other day. It made me laugh. No one makes a plan to be fat, lazy, and stupid. That <laughs> happens because you don't have a plan. Exactly. Like I, I, I almost feel like losers just don't have, they don't plan to be like that. It just right. happens to them. Like I don't think anyone wants to be miserable. I just don't think they can help it. Yeah. Like if you are that guy or that woman that goes to bed at night and is absolutely miserable, listen, I'm not making fun of you. I feel bad for you. Like, and you couldn't have possibly wanted that for yourself. Like, I really believe that people deep down are good and there's a light inside everybody and people want more, mm-hmm. but they end up in these really bad situations and they don't, they don't even know how. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because they didn't have that plan and they've allowed things to happen. I mean, you said that when we were talking about uh, our outline. Mm-hmm. We were planning for this. You're like, they allow it to happen to themselves. Yeah. Well, and I said, too, like, you, you don't need a perfect plan before you take nope. action. You, you just need, like, kind of most of a plan. And you can exactly. figure out a lot of it as you go along. And and for some people, they just won't make a plan because why bother executing it if it isn't 100%? Or yep. the first time they, they get met with adversity, which, hey, guess what? If you're going to try to do a thing, you're going to get hit with adversity. It's going yep. to happen. So the the first obstacle that comes up, it's like, well, now my whole plan is shot and they just give up. Yep. You know, just just flip the table. I'm done. And now I'll just sit over here and pout, you know, and then there they pout for 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. And now they're just a grumpy old man. Right. Well, and there is a behavior that they almost don't want to make a plan either, because when you make a plan, it means you're accountable. Yes. Right. It's almost easier. It's almost like putting your goals out to the public. It's easier just to shut your mouth because then you can't be judged. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like don't aim for anything because then when you fail, you'll be okay. Yeah. 
Like yeah. if you really want something and you don't get it, you're going to be disappointed. So don't get disappointed. Just don't do anything. Yeah. Don't ever try anything ever for any reason. Yeah. And then just live with your regret your whole life. Yeah. That's, that sounds healthy. Yep. And people do this. And it's really funny too, because these people that, that don't have a plan, they end up engaging in behaviors they'd never wish upon anyone else. Yeah. Right. Or wish upon themselves. Yeah. They, yeah. They wouldn't even want to be identified with the behaviors they, they are doing. No. And, and that kind of brings us to our conclusion here, right? Like what we're really getting at for people is it's not even about winning and losing. It's almost like the path to happiness because mm-hmm. that's what everyone wants, right? We just want to be happy. We want to be at peace. But what does that mean? And for a lot of people, I think they're focused on making money. I think they're focused on titles. You know, a really interesting thing that Kevin Durant said, he's an NBA player, that all he wanted to do is win a championship in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And he really thought that would make him happy. And the day after he won his first championship with Golden State, he said he was just super depressed because he woke up and he realized nothing had changed. Mm -hmm. Like it was just another day. Like this, and that's when he said he started to look inwards. Like, what does happiness really mean to me? Because clearly the thing I thought it was, wasn't. Yeah. And we all think that, right? Yeah. Like a sports car is going to make us happy. That a, that a girl or a guy is going to make us happy. Mm-hmm. That a big house is going to make us happy. That hitting a PR is going to make us happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I hit a big PR the other day in the gym. You know what changed, Joe? Nothing. Nothing. I still went home and I was the same guy. Yeah, and it's funny that we put all of this, I guess this, um, this pressure, or we weight heavily these external things, but they really don't make us happy, right? And and so what we're trying to get at with this winning and losing is, like I said, this is a list of ways to behave that that'll make you happy. And if you look over the list we went to, to, you know, to recap. So being willing to do the work that others aren't, why does that make you happy? Because it's okay to fail when you know you did everything in your power. Yeah. I will tell you right now, Joe, there is stuff that I've failed at that I'm, uh, that I'm unhappy with because I know I didn't try my best. Mm-hmm. There's stuff I've failed at that I count as some of my greatest achievements because I knew I did everything I could. Well, and think too, you don't learn as much from your successes, you know? Nope. Like you and learn wanna, more, you learn more about success and your failure. Well, that's exactly it. But I also want to put myself in a position where I can go to sleep at night knowing I did every single thing I could. Yes. Yes. Because then I don't feel guilty. Then I don't feel bad. So for me, the first step that we talked about being willing to do the work that others aren't, that's almost a protective mechanism for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work as hard as I can so I can have no regrets because I don't want to live with regret. Right. Because I think regret's one of the main things that eats people up, to be honest with you. I really do go to bed with no regret at night. I don't really regret anything in my life because I'm happy and I'm at peace mm-hmm. and because I've done the work. So I know I tried my best. Well, and I would say, too, if, if you are a person who has regret, like address it. And, and that may be as simple as saying, well, I mean, maybe there's nothing I can do about that now if it's something that happened 20 years ago, you know. Yep. Um, but maybe it's coming to terms with that. If it is something that you can address, just address it and get it out of the way and you'll just sleep so much better. How about just being a better person in the future? There you go. Like, yeah, I really fucked up five years ago. You know what? I'm going to dedicate my life to not letting that happen again. There you go. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to help somebody else make sure it doesn't happen to them. Right. And then then on to, to number two, right? Being accountable. Yep. And, and, and having stated that, Right. And, and having that vision and that goal and being accountable to it and not making excuses when you screw up again. We talked about being inspired by others and trying to learn from them. Tearing other people down, it actually has the opposite effect of what you intend. It actually makes you feel worse about yourself. Yeah. Which is a thing, right? Like there is a certain thing, like the true key to happiness is helping others. Right, right. And, and they've shown, I mean, there have been studies that your brain activates in different ways when you're helping other people that you're happy, that it releases good feeling chemicals Mm -hmm. like the serotonin and things like that. Well, and I think that this one, it goes the other way too, where it's, it's not just being inspired by other people, but also by, by learning from other people's mistakes. Yep. So that when you do see people, you know, behaving in the negative fashion on that one and, and tearing other people down, uh, learning to, to kind of disdain that and, and distancing yourself from it and saying, you know, I don't want to be that because they do sound petty. They sound mean. They sound like bullies. They sound like insecure. And so yeah, distancing it, yourself from that and, and saying, you know what, I want I want when when that kind of behavior happens, I want to put my foot down or, about it 
I don't want that in my life. And bullies don't want to even be called bullies, right? Right. Like to your point, right? Like if you call a bully a bully, they're upset. Yeah. Because they don't want to be called that even they know they're engaging in, their, in that behavior. Um, this brings us to an next thing. You want to be happy? Keep your emotions in check. We talked about that because a lot of people make bad decisions at the spur of the moment. And I don't think they realize the potential lifelong consequences of their, of their decisions, Joe. Well, and what does it take to, to take 10 seconds and just breathe before you just jump into an argument? Yep. So keep your emotions in check and then finally have a plan. And, and I think those are really tied together, Joe. I do too. Yeah. Because if sure. you have a plan, you don't let your emotions get in the way. You talked about this better than anyone I've ever heard with your core values. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, I'm, that, that, I'm, That's why they're there, right? Yeah. I mean, let's face it. I'm more of a hothead than you. You yeah. know, I, you've had to talk me down before because I'll, <laughs> I'll like punch first and ask questions later, but you're more deliberate. I'm like, why don't you just do this? And you're like, well, I'm going to give it a couple of days and see how it goes. Yeah. But that's why you don't make bad emotional decisions. Or fewer, I should say. <laughs> well, fewer, yeah, but because you have a plan for that. Yeah. People yeah. that don't have a plan and, and listen, listen to our core values episode. What was that? Number four or five? Uh, maybe it was number three. Yeah, I can't I can't remember now, but if you listen to your core, if you just have core values, that's like having a plan. And really what we're going to end this with is that's what success really means. Mm-hmm. It's just putting yourself in a position where you can really be at peace and be happy. And that's what winners do. Well, that's it. I think that was a good one. Yeah. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of this. And 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 really these are things, listen, we're not trying to be preachy or luxury. This is stuff that we've learned our whole lives. And we're not perfect, but hopefully you can take something from this. And hopefully, Joe, we can take something from this and be better. I hope so. Because there there are areas where I can improve and there are areas where I think you can improve, you know? Amen. That's it. We would like to thank our sponsors, Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. If you want some incredible training shoes or some incredible tactical boots, this is your place to go. Use the code Maximus20 and uh, get yourself 20% off. And then we've got Meat Locker, www.meatlocker.com for the best in steak, chicken, pork, any kind of meat you could ever want. Uh, I recommend the Maximus package. It's named after me, so obviously it's the best. And it's filled with uh, gains, if you will, as I always <laughs> joke about. Just eat like Bobby and be like Bobby. It is that simple, despite everything we've said in the podcast. Just eat a steak a day and all your problems will melt away. It's a solution to the world's problem. There is some problems. truth to that. There is some truth. The steak a day will make you feel a lot better. But use the code Maximus for a discount of uh, 15% off from, from us to you. And uh, hopefully you guys are loving this podcast. You can also support us by going to bobbymaximus.com. I've got free programs on there, articles. Uh, I've got a store. You can buy a t-shirt or some green dots, which you've talked about in the podcast. And then you've also got joesabula.com, J-O-E. C-E-B-U-L-A. And if I sound unsure saying that, Joe, I, I always have a hard time with your last name. But I think I've got www.joesabula or sabula.com. <laughs> Sabula, thank you. Yeah. Have you ever got Sabala? Oh, yeah. I've got like every variation got... you could imagine. Fair enough. I have a question for you, though. Have they ever spelt your name wrong on a diploma? Because I've had that. No, never had that. Like one. you couldn't tell the difference between MacDonald and <laughs> McDonald. Like you didn't double check the spelling here. That's it, you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we really appreciate your listenership. Tell your friends and subscribe to this, please. That's the biggest one. So we can keep getting information to you. Yes. Yeah.